Winning the War Within series, and uh, I want to continue that this week. Uh, and we, we said, we started it off last week by saying, yeah, we understand that, that the devil is bad. The devil's against us. We understand that, that the world can be bad. The world can try and attack us, come against us. But oftentimes, our biggest enemy is ourselves. Oftentimes, uh, the, the biggest hindrance to what God wants to do in our lives, to the biggest hindrance to, to, to the purpose, the plan that's set right in front of us is ourselves. We fight a battle within. Paul con- constantly is talking about this battle that we face, the, the old self, the new self, constantly struggling between the two. As a Christian, the new self wants to follow Christ. It wants to follow the word of God. It wants to, it wants to seek after everything that the spirit has to do with. The old self is still there fighting, wanting to do everything that the old self did. And what it is, is, is not proclaiming, not allowing Jesus to be Lord in your life. Jesus is Lord, is, is saying, you know what, God, I'm relinquishing control. Every aspect of my life, I'm giving it over to you. I'm gonna let you be in control of everything. Is Jesus Lord of your life or not? That's the constant struggle that we face. Winning the war within, we started last week by saying, it starts off up here. There's this thought process. There's these things in our mind that they constantly try and fight. We always are fighting against ourselves, starting within our mind. And we talked about a, a, a perspective called the frequency illusion. What you look for, you naturally will see more of. And so today, though, what I want to do is I was reminded of a scripture in Psalms that says this. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart always be pleasing to you. The meditation of my heart is what we talked about last week, your thinking, your thoughts, everything that's going on up here. But it also says, may the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. So today, last week we talked about your thinking. Today we're going to talk about your speaking. I know, I know, I know it's hard. The Cowboys lost yesterday. Everybody's speech went pretty bad. Look, mine was already bad. I'm a Broncos fan. And, and as a Broncos fan, we didn't even make it to the playoffs. Not only did we not make it to the playoffs, our arch nemesis, the Chiefs, are in the playoffs. Even worse than Chiefs, the Chargers are in the playoffs. Pretty much even with the worst is, is the Patriots are also in the playoffs. So it's just like, for me, this is, this is the worst playoffs ever. Um, so it's all more apropos. It's all the more reason why we need to talk about what comes out of our mouths. Now, it, and I was thinking about this, and I, I think we live in a society today, more so than ever before, that is conscious of what goes into our bodies. Some of us... You can tell we're conscious of it. Some of us, you can tell we're not. Um, some of you have done a new year, new me, and you're really making it a point to, to do something different, do something new, and try and change how healthy, what you eat, what you intake. I, st- I decided to try and Google how many different types of milk there are. Google doesn't know how many types of milk there are currently. I mean, it's, we, just, we live in a society today that we're very self-conscious about what goes into our body. Uh, in thinking about that, uh, I, I started thinking, Melissa dealt with when she was, I want to say, babe, were you 15? 15? 15 years old, she was helping mom with Thanksgiving. You know, stuffing the turkey. And, and in stuffing the raw turkey, somehow managed to ingest some of the raw turkey. Ended up spending uh, two weeks in the hospital um, with salmonella. Lost over 20 pounds as a, uh, as a 15-year-old, um, I'll be selling raw turkeys after church today. <laughs> uh, 
but for a 14, 15-year-old, I mean, this was, it was terrible. It was the worst way to spend Thanksgiving break. And, and in thinking about that, I, uh, I, remembered, I remembered something else. As a kid, my mom's favorite game with us, the children, was I'll bet you a dollar. And I loved the game. I now realize as an adult, it wasn't so much a game that we were playing as it was just her buying entertainment for a dollar. Um, but... Wanting to continue the family tradition, I too have done the same with my kids. All three of my kids, uh, there'll be something that comes up, hey, I'll, I'll give you a dollar if you're willing to do this. I'll give you a dollar for this. You know, I mean, there's always something. And what I've learned is I've got three children. My oldest is Jillian. Jillian, she's the smart one. She's just going to say no. I'm not going to do it. Jackson, Jackson's going to try and work it. Jackson's like, he's my second. He, he's sitting there thinking about it, and he's like, how about 10? I'm like, no, that's... That's not the game. The game is, I'll bet you a dollar. Jordan, God help me, Jordan is, she doesn't care if there's a dollar involved or not. She's like, really, you dare me? <laughs> which, which, oh my God, I need prayer. Uh, but yeah, so, so anyway, segue to here, it was probably about right at four years ago, we had just taken one of our, our first trips, me and the family, down to an orphanage that, that we as a church support down in Guatemala. Um, and we're on our way back, we're flying back from Guatemala, and we have a layover in Houston, and we get back, and we go into a, a restaurant there, Papado's, and, and we're sitting there thinking, okay, me and Melissa, we love seafood, we're going to order some oysters on the half shell. Love oysters on the half shell. The kids don't, don't know as much about oysters on the half shell. Thus, the opportunity presented itself, bet you a dollar. Jillian, not a chance. Jackson, how about 10? Nuh-uh. Jordan, yeah, let's do it. Um, lucky for you guys, I have a video of what then proceeded to happen. So here we go. This is Jordan. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Did she do it? I've got another video. <laughs> She's still in it, though. The dare's still on. <laughs> third third and final video right before Papados kicked us out video number three 
She finally bites. <laughs> Video's still rolling, but no, you don't want to see what's happening. Oh, man, it got bad. Oh. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my youngest. Oh, man. Um, did she get the dollar? No, the deal was if you eat it, you get the dollar. She didn't eat it. Melissa looked at me and said the same thing y'all are. What? How could you? I'm like, no. Uh -uh. The deal was, if you eat it, you get a dollar. She didn't eat it. <laughs> oh, but I still love that moment. <laughs> oh, man. Listen here, guys. The, the, the crazy thing is, as concerned, as concerned as we are about everything that goes into our bodies, Jesus had this to say about something he said was even more dangerous than anything we eat or drink. In Matthew 15, verse 10, he says this, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Another version actually reads, by what you vomit up. <laughs> just, just like that oyster. How concerned we sometimes get with what goes in. God's so much more concerned about what comes out. And so often, the way we walk around, the way we talk to other people, the way we talk to ourselves, the way we talk to life, is nothing more than just this vomit, nothing more than just spewing on people. If we're going to win the war within, we're going to have to start by examining our speaking. Last week we talked about our thinking, and what happens when you don't control your thinking is your thinking problem usually ends up as a speaking problem. As a man believes in his heart, so is he, we read last week. I believe that the way, you can, the, way, the way that you speak in life can truly sabotage the life that Jesus died for you to have. We sabotage ourselves so many times. Now, in, in, uh, I was reading an article, reading this, this research, and it's currently said that on average, each and every one of us daily speaks about 5,000 words. <laughs> Some of you are nudging a partner, a loved one, and saying you're way over that. Uh, but on average, for the most part, each and every one of us speaks about 5,000 words a day. Now, experts go on to say communicating, the way we communicate, the way we talk is so much more involved than just our words. We, we communicate with, with our, our bodies, language, body language, eyes, emotions, touch. There's so many other ways we communicate. In fact, they actually say that only 7% of the daily communication is that 5,000 words. On a daily average, 93% of the way you communicate to people will be other than the 5,000 words that you use. 5,000 words is a lot. That's a, that's a lot. I average a little bit more on Sunday mornings. Um, but we're talking about every way that you communicate. Every way that, that you, your facial expressions, every, your, your, your body tone, the, the inflection within your voice, every aspect of the way that we communicate. And then you take those words themselves, and there's a lot that's on the table. It's really weighty when you start to think about the amount of communicating that we do within a, any, any given day. We need to realize how weighty our speaking, our communicating is. A lot of times, like I said, we just walk around and, and just spew stuff. 
without giving true thought to how much weight our words carry. You need to consider the weight of your words. All 5,000 words that you'll speak on any given day, all the communicating you do, Jesus says this in Matthew 12. Matthew 12, Jesus says, we will all give an account for every idle word that's spoken. Oh, gosh. I mean, that, that kind of scares me. God wants you to realize how much weight is behind your words. Your words matter. Scripture even goes so far as to say that those in heaven are wearing the righteous acts of the saints. We're, in heaven, we're wearing the righteous acts of the saints. So, so what you're weaving on earth... Every, every idle word, every bit of communication, what you're weaving on earth is what you'll wear in heaven. Man, that's, that's kind of sketchy when you, when you start to think about the weight of words. You think about all the idle words just falling into place as you stand before God. Now, now I, I want you to understand, I don't think that, that God's looking at us with, with like this, uh, uh, this, this demeaning judgment eye. I, I, instead, I, I don't think it's a harsh eye, but more so this mentality of, I, I've given you a powerful gift. So, I, I thought this gift meant so much that I gave you my word. Now, what are you going to use your word for? There's this powerful gift that's been given to you. What are you going to do with it? The message uh, writes that same verse that says this. is Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. I believe that God gave us something powerful, and he wants us to use it for good and not for evil. Now, uh, my whole sermon, again, in talking about if Jesus is Lord of your life, I think we could sum it up by if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then he should also be the Lord of your speaking, too. The Lord of your speaking. Now, this isn't some sort of uh, you can't say this word and you can't say this word kind of message. What it is, is it's, it, it's more uh, an internal reflection for each and every one of us. What, what, are, what is the gift that you're giving people? What is the gift that you're giving others? What is the gift that you're giving future? What is, what is the gift that you're giving yourself every time that, that, that people hear you speak? What comes out of our mouths should bring praise and glory to God and not bring destruction. Today I want to go over uh, three different ways that I think we need to realize that our, our words, what we say, the way we communicate is, is weighty, the substance behind it. The very first one that I want to talk about is, is our speaking. Your speaking impacts other people. At any given point in time, 5,000 words throughout the day, you're impacting other people. right? And, and what do we do so often? We say something and then we quickly follow it up. My kids, uh, I'm realizing how quickly they do it, probably probably learned. Um, is Melissa in here? It's Melissa's fault, not mine. But they're quick to say, hey, I was just kidding. I didn't, I, dad, it was just a joke. I didn't. And I'm starting to realize they're not conscious about what they're saying. They're just letting it spit out. And it's, it's easy to tear somebody down and then just say, hey, yeah, I'm just playing with you. I'm just kidding. But you can't take that back. If I look back over my own life, I, 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 get, to, I get to thinking there's, there's times in my life where I can specifically remember exactly what somebody said that was condescending toward me. They didn't mean it condescending. They didn't, they didn't mean it ugly. They, didn't, they weren't trying to jab me, but they said something, just, just sleight of hand. And, 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 and to this day, it's, it's still stuck with me. But so the same, I can also remember those words of encouragement that somebody gave to me. 
It was unintentional. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't meant to be some, some power-lifting word, but I, I told y'all just at, towards the end of last year, I've still got a card on my desk from my pastor, Ron Corzine, the, the overseer of this church here, and he, he wrote something simple. He just wrote on a card. He said, I believe in you, and mailed it to me. Those simple words, that simple communicating, his speaking at that moment, to this day, he says, you know what? It, it doesn't matter what so-and-so said about me 20-some-odd years ago. I know that there's somebody that believes in me. Words carry weight. Our speaking, our communicating with the people around us carries weight. So we should be better to bless somebody, encourage someone, and build someone up rather than tear them down. Look, that, that's the kind of person that's always in demand. Your words are not a joke. They impact other people. You don't get to just, hey, I, I, I was just kidding, scrub it away. It's clean. You can't take it back once you communicate it, once you speak it. You say it, and it impacts the people that heard you. And I think what's hard, especially in this day and age, with, when you speak with those 5,000 words, people can hear, they can see. There's, there's so many other different tones that they're getting rather than just the text of what you're saying. In this day and age, we're so quick to send out a text or send out an email, and, and it's very easy to not convey the heart behind a text, behind uh, an email, behind a, a post. And so all of a sudden, somebody can read something and take it just about any way they want. And so it's very important that we realize the weight of our words with everything that we say, how we're, how we're giving people this gift. You're speaking, it impacts other people. Real quickly, as you, uh, as you look throughout Scripture, Ephesians 4.29 says, Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. Each word a gift. When you start thinking about everything that you say being a gift. Now, we, we just had Christmas here a couple weeks back. And you think about the element, the, the surprise of all of a sudden when, when somebody hands you a present, this gift wrapped, man, oh, it's exciting. You can see how people are affected when they receive a gift. They get it, and all of a sudden, there's this anticipation. Do people look at you when you're about to open your mouth, when you're about to give them your gift of what you're about to say, are they anticipating the unwrapping as they would a gift on Christmas morning? Do you speak life or do you speak death? Proverbs 18.21 says, words kill and words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. They're one or the other. You have a gift that, that you have the, a gift that you're giving people. You choose what happens. Every time you talk, you're choosing to either spit venom or you're choosing to speak a gift. Something that can give life. Colossians 4, 6, let every word that you speak, let every word that you speak be drenched with grace. I, I think this is probably one of the things that, that I hear the most of. Now, grace, grace is unmerited favor. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. It's grace. That's exactly what it is. It's something that somebody doesn't deserve. And yet so often, what I hear when, when somebody says, you know, when somebody says something or you treat somebody a certain way, you communicate to them, they're like, yeah, well, well they had it coming. <laughs> but we're supposed to let the way we speak be drenched with grace, something that they don't deserve. Maybe even something that they are unwilling to give. Probably something that they're desperately in need of. 
Let your words be drenched with grace. Now, it does continue on. It says there right after that, and tempered with truth and clarity. Because there is a time for speaking hard things. There's going to be moments that, that, that yeah, you have, to, you have to be able to say, look, I, I love you, but this is the way that you've been treating me. This is, this is the way I feel that what's been going on. And it's, it's a communication, but it's never done out of hate, out of malice, out of tearing down somebody else. As God always shows, it's always done out of an attitude of building somebody up. There's a time for both, but God has called us to use our words in a way that build people up, that don't tear them down. He's given us the tongue, a gift, so that we might encourage each other. Because look, guys, every single one of us is going through problems that somebody else doesn't know about. It's a hard world, and people are going through hard stuff, but I would, I would dare to say that God loves the people in your life so much that he put you in their life. Again, frequency illusion. How are you looking at a situation? God loves the people in your life so much that he put you in that situation with the gift of his word to give. Gave you a tongue so that they could be better because of the way that you speak, because of the way that you're a representative of him. Our speaking impacts other people. The second thing I want to point out is, is your speaking impacts the future. Your speaking impacts the future. Your words can literally alter the course of history. <laughs> the future can be changed because of how you speak. Now, now this sounds uh, like, like jibber-jabber. This sounds like a bunch of hocus-pocus. What, what are you talking about? But what, what did Jesus say? Jesus said this. He said, if you're willing to speak faith, if you're willing to say to a mountain, move, the mountain's got to move, right? The mountain's got to go. So literally, the very things that are standing in your way, the very, the very obstacles, the very things that are standing in your way that are hindrances to the path that God wants you to take, all you have to do is speak to it, and God says in faith, that mountain's got to go. Man, that's, that's power in the tongue. Power. Notice, he, he didn't say, Jesus didn't say, when you think about the mountain. But that's where it starts. It, it starts in our thinking. It starts in our perspective. What gift has God given me? Am I using it as a gift to others? Am I using it to, to impact the future for better, or am I just letting it be? I believe the way you talk in a difficult situation has the ability to cause the impossible to be done. You see, we, we come in here, we sang a song this morning, we, we sing another song, it says, I've seen you move the mountain. We come in here and we get all happy and worship, I've, I've seen you move the mountain, Lord, and I believe I'm going to see you do it again. I know, Lord God, and we, we praise and we worship and we're happy and then we walk out of here and, and what do we do? Somebody rear ends us. Somebody hits us, we, we, you know, something bad happens, we don't get the parking spot up front because somebody else pulled right in front of us and, and our immediate thought is, man, isn't that just my life? Isn't that the way things always go? You see, it's this, all, it's this reoccurring, our speech now negates the very thinking, the praising that we were doing. Because no, we're not believing for the mountain to be moved. What we're saying is, yep, see, I told you so, that mountain's always gonna be in front of me. Such is my lot in life. I guess this is the way it's always going to be. My daddy was, his daddy was, his daddy was, and so am I. And so we sit there and we just live it. 
I never get the breaks. Isn't that my luck? But I believe a part of your speaking, part of your, your changing the future, isn't even about what happens literally in the physical, but more so about what happens within. It's about faith in the midst of difficulties. I believe that Jesus is telling us the, the impossible things can be done when you speak faith in the midst of the storm. But sometimes the impossible, the impossible thing that's being done is continuing to believe in him in the middle of your storm, even when what you believed for doesn't happen. It's faith, standing firm, standing strong. Because look, God, God's not saying when you pray you get your way. He's not a genie in the bottle. You got to rub it down, right? Oh, man. Oh, he was, I didn't even write that in my notes. That just happened. But what does Scripture tell us? Scripture tells us what? Not my will, but your will be done. Right? I mean, because if it was just a, if, if prayer was just this way to get what I want, I, I mean, there would be no more new year, new me. Right? It'd be like, God, I pray for 30 pounds gone. Boom! Ooh! Man, that would be awesome. Walk outside, God, I <laughs> I need that 1997 to now be a 2019 vehicle. Go! That, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is faith. It's believing in God. And we need to speak into our, into our lives, into other people's lives, into our futures, and, and say, you know what? Lord God, I've seen you move that mountain, and I'm not going to continue to negate that mountain being moved by my speech. I'm going to believe. I'm going to stand in faith. Even though I may not see the mountain move, I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to trust in you. As we follow him, guys, there's, there's going to be hard days. In this world, you will have trouble. But when those hard days come, the way we speak in the middle of our crisis, the way we speak in the middle of our difficulty, the way we speak in the middle of our storms can stir something within that all of a sudden it, it, it stirs the impossible. All of a sudden, in the impossible, you, you, you realize there's, there's something that rises up within you. You have, you have more to give. You have, you have more to pour out. You have more to serve because of how you speak about it. You, you can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. You can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. You look through Scripture time and time again. God says you are more than victorious. God says you're a conqueror. God says greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Over and over again, you read through Scripture, and he tells you you are a victor. But what do we do? What do we speak into our future? How, uh, no, 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 man. This is my lot in life. I'm the victim. You can't be a victim and a victor at the same time. And how you speak can change the future. Try this with me. Uh, everybody say, it's good. Simple. What if, what if you looked at every bad situation and said the same thing? The divorce that's being handed to you, it's good. Is the divorce good? Hey, don't, don't, no, don't answer. The situations that you face aren't necessarily good. The, the, the situations themselves, but the opportunity for God to do something in that situation will always be there. That last song we sang, it is well with my soul. Through it all, through it all, Lord God, my eyes are on you. In the middle of this doctor's report, it's good. It's good, I got this. It's good. Not that I've got this, but I know that God's got it. 
it's good. My job, it doesn't seem like there's, there's going to be enough money to make it this week. It's good. Just another opportunity for God to prevail. My kids, my marriage, my life, my rep, man, all of this, I don't, no, it's good. God's got the opportunity. God's going to show up. Watch what happens. It's good. Look, there's a, uh, there's horrible happenings that, that aren't good. I, I understand that. That's not what I'm saying. But you're speaking, you're believing God is good in the middle of those situations, can change your perspective, can change the future, can change those situations. Meaning, basically, at the end of the day, God's going to work all things together for his good, according to those who are called according to his purpose. Your speaking impacts others, it impacts your future. And then third, what I want to get to, what I want to deal with this morning, it impacts you. The way we speak on a daily basis, it impacts our own lives every day. Even as it's coming out of our mouths, your speaking is, is changing you. It's, it's not just, uh, there's a danger in speaking life and speaking death, but that danger in life and death isn't just related to, to how it affects my family, to how it affects uh, my job, to how it affects others around me, to how it affects my future, but, but as well, it's also about how it's impacting, how it's changing me. Now, one of the obvious right up front reasons is because a lot of those 5,000 words that each one of you speak every day is to yourself. <laughs> we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anybody else. Come on. We talk to ourselves. How many people can be honest and say you talk to yourself? If you don't raise your hand, you are a liar. <laughs> Everybody talks to themselves at some point in time. At something during the day, you're saying something to yourself. Sometimes it's just muttering. It's, it's just this, this grumbling. It's just, the cowboys. But the majority of talk is self-talk, external. If you actually add up the words you speak every day, a lot of it is just, just this, this idle words. Grumbling, complaining, muttering. At some point, I think we each need to ask ourselves, whose side are you on? So many of the words that you're speaking are coming from negative thoughts. And those negative thoughts, when you don't take control of them, all of a sudden they turn into negative speaking. And that negative speaking, sometimes you just need to look at yourself and say, whose side are you even on? If you're always telling yourself that you're the worst, why, why are you so bad? Man, how could you screw this up again? That's terrible. Why would, seriously? Come on, this is never going to go well. Some of you need to fire yourself as personal critic and hire yourself as coach a critic look there's a big difference between a critic and a coach a critic gets to sit on sidelines and and look at the way man they shouldn't have run a running play right there god was who made that call a critic gets to just sit there and, and say that was a terrible job they should have done that but really it's the ref's fault a critic has nothing invested. A critic just passes judgment on, on everything that happens around them. But a coach, you see, a coach is in your corner. A coach cares about the outcome. Uh, a coach has skin in the game. They got blood, sweat, and tears on the line. They, they got life in this. A coach is saying, come on, man, you can do better. Yeah, 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 okay, that, we, we messed up. That, that it was a mistake. We did it this way. It didn't work out, but come on, stand up. Let's do it again. Let's run that again. We got this. 
We need to learn to speak life to ourselves and not just to others. I think we're very quick as a people. We see somebody hurting and our natural instinct is to, to walk up, to put an arm around somebody, to encourage them and, and say, man, it's going to be all right. What can I do for you? How can I help you? But, but we're the last ones to come to our own defense. We're the last ones to come to our own aid. Scripture even says this, God has your name written on his palm. In Isaiah, it's written down that God has the name of the saints written on the palm of his hand. That's you too. That's not just everybody else around you. That's yourself included. So, so do you really want to talk bad about somebody whose name is on God's hand? The whole while God's looking down going, no, 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 no. I got, I got you written down right here. As I close, as the band comes up, I want to I point out one, one thing about our speaking, one thing specifically about a, a phrase. In all of our speaking, perhaps the weightiest words, as you read throughout Scripture, one of the, 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 the most impactful words that you can use, phrase that you can use, is, is the word thank you, the words thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Real quick, across the room, help me out, say thank you. Hear it again. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it automatically just, it, it brings a little smile to your face. It picks you up just a little bit. It's a, it's a humbling thing to say. It's, it's humbling to say thank you because you're acknowledging somebody else in your life, somebody else's uh, authority, somebody else's uh, ability, somebody else's somebody did that you didn't do on your own. It's, it's, it's thank you. And throughout Scripture, we see how important it is to God. All throughout Scripture, throughout the Bible, Psalm 100, David wrote, enter into his presence, enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving in your heart. When you come before God, come with thanksgiving. Paul, Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians, he said, give thanks in every circumstance. In every circumstance, in everything that you encounter, give thanks for this is the will of God. The will of God is for you to look at any situation and say, it's all good. Thank you. Thank you, God. I know you've got the opportunity to do something different in this situation. This isn't what I wanted to face. This isn't, this isn't what I wanted to see in my life right now, but, but thank you. I know you got this. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, in every circumstance, in every trial, in every situation that you face, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in your heart, present your request to God. Constantly we see this idea of giving thanks to God. Speaking thanks, speaking thank you can change your life. It's communicating. It's your speaking, but, but there's something powerful behind it. We live, we live today in a, in, a, in a time, we talked about it through November and December, we live in a day and age where, where uh, mental illness is a bigger issue today than it's ever been. There's more people today on antidepressants than there ever has been in the, in the history of time. Chemically, the way our bodies are created, the way our bodies are designed, there's, there's dopamine and serotonin, two chemicals that the body creates. We need these to, 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 to be produced within our bodies to, to kind of maintain an, an up, if you will, a natural high, dopamine and serotonin. 
But an imbalance in your levels of either one can have effects not just on mental health, but, but on digestion, on sleep cycles, on, on so many different aspects of your life. Some people, through circumstances outside of their control, outside of, uh, due to situations that have occurred in their lives, have, have lower levels of dopamine and serotonin naturally being produced by the body. And so you go before a doctor, you talk to a doctor, and a, and a doctor will prescribe antidepressants. And one of the things, one of the, one of the many things that antidepressants do, listen here, antidepressants release dopamine and serotonin in your body. It causes dopamine and serotonin to kind of spike, to rise. I was reading a, a research article recently. It said this. They found that both dopamine and serotonin, both of these, naturally spike in your system, within your body. They naturally spike when you say the words, thank you. When you speak thanks, when you speak into your life, there's, a, there's something that's released within your body, a natural high that's automatically produced. Now, now hear me, I'm, I'm not saying that this isn't some sort of, uh, we're all going to leave here, throw away all our meds, and, and you know, go run around with snakes in our hands. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Look, there's, there's prescriptions that are given. Doctors have looked at people and said, due to this, this, and this, you need to be on this. And, and, and yes, I hear that. But what I am saying what I am saying is I think that every single one of us, every single one of us could do with a little bit more of what God knows is going to be released within our lives when we're a thankful people. When we use the gift that he's given us to speak life into other people. When we walk around with an attitude of gratitude, when we give thanks to people, when we, when we actually extend a heart, a true heart, when we show through our emotions, through our speech, through our tone, through our actions, through every bit of communication that we're thankful, that we're grateful, that no matter what situation we face, we know it's well with our soul. Why? Because it's another opportunity for God to show. Guys, I, man, I, I, pray, I pray you hear my heart on this. I, again, I'm not speaking against antidepressants or, or doctor prescribed anything like that. I, look, it, mental health issues are, are serious. A lot of people are struggling. It's not something we take light of. But I, again, what I'm coming back to, and I hope you hear the heart of, is, is man, look, God might have known what he was doing from the beginning. <laughs> Can you imagine if everywhere that we went, instead of being known for spewing vomit, instead of being known for just throwing out our words, instead we were known for, for giving a gift. We consciously thought about our speaking. We consciously thought about the other people around us and, and how we were impacting their lives. We, we consciously thought about our futures and how we know that God is Lord of our life and has it under control. If we were consciously thinking about that we are on our own side, why? Because if God is for me, then I know that nobody can be against me. What if all the time we were using our speaking as a gift to those around us? What if people could constantly see Jesus in your life? The future, the future that would be changed because of a faith in him, the treasure realized within our own life as well. 
Your words, church, your words are weighty. They're weighty. They mean a bunch. They mean something. Don't throw them around flippantly. But drenched with grace, let your words speak life. Drenched with grace, unmerited favor. Not because they deserve it, but even more so because they don't. Let your words be drenched with grace and life-giving. As I close, if you'll stand up, I want to I wrap us up with a prayer this morning. Your words mean something. Your words impact lives. Your words impact people. Your words impact your future. Your words impact yourself. You can't sit here and sing a song, it is well with my soul, and then walk out of here and say, that's the way it's always going to be. Such is my lot in life. This is the way things are. No, it is well with my soul. God, take this opportunity. Take my future. Come on, guys. I've seen you move the mountain. I've seen you move the mountain, Lord, and I know I'm going to see you do it again. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the life that you gave for each and every one of us. Lord God, we thank you for your grace, for unmerited favor that was extended. We thank you for your word, the gift that was given to us. And so the same, Lord God, I pray this morning that we would look at our words as a gift that we extend to others. As a gift, Lord God, that we wrap, that we give, Lord Jesus, to other people, that we, that we speak into our future. Lord God, the, the very gift that we speak to ourselves, that we would rest assured, we would stand firm, we would stand fast, Lord God, upon your word, upon your truth, upon your gift to us, knowing, Lord God, that it's under control. You are Lord of our lives, Lord Jesus. You are supreme in authority. Father, I thank you for all that you are in every circumstance, in every situation, in all that comes, Lord God. I stand, I look it in the face, and I say, it is well with my soul. It's all good. I know you got it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week.